Hello and hey there. Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast, a show where we rank and discuss any list you can imagine. Best LaCroix flavor, I can never say that, uh, Top golf, golf Club, Best Trader Joe's items. Uh, nothing is off limits. Everyone is wrong, even when we think we are right. I'm your host, Tom Lockhart, and with me as always is... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Shane, how you doing there, fella? <laughs> I'm doing good. I see you got that clown laugh down. I sure do. Sure do. I am officially a paid clown. <laughs> Your dreams have come true. <laughs> they truly have. <laughs> yeah. You know what my dream is? What is it's your to dream introduce dream? the next guy, and his name is... Zach Rancourt. That's a weird dream, and that's a scary laugh. And I think that those go hand in hand because it gives me bad dreams. So, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, your makeup yes. was cool, Eric. I, I thanks, was like, man. Holy shit, he is a scary thanks, clown. Man. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, he sent like three different versions of his makeup, and all of them are great. <laughs> yeah. They uh. So at Stalker Farms, they have professional makeup artists. These people know what they're doing, man. And uh, it's airbrushed on there. It's awesome. It's a son of a gun to wash out, <laughs> but it's 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 fun. It's a uh, scare. Man, I scared everybody. Everybody. I had a honka honka horn. I was out. I was out in the corn with some like really creepy light lit up boxes, and yeah, I got all spooky. So it was cool. I'm very surprising uh, coming out of the corn in full clown regalia and makeup. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I need to talk to everyone to find out what weekend we're going because we got to go. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, if you can, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, times are tough all over and people got stuff going on. But yeah, if everybody can come on out, that would be fun. Come on and see us. Yeah. And speaking of that, we're in the spooky season now mm-hmm. <laughs> and we all know what the spooky season <laughs> brings with it. Wait, what's that? Let me check behind this door real quick. Oh no! It's a jump scare! Ah, <laughs> we're all gonna die! Oh, oh, why did I have to have all that premarital sex and loads of drugs? <laughs> Terrible decision. <laughs> oh, that's right. Today we are discussing our top five horror movies. Uh, to enhance discussion, we didn't share our list with each other, as usual. We are by no means experts or historians in said categories. We're just a few dudes who like to talk about nonsense. And I will start us off because I always go first. That's my job. Um, so I, I kind of writing mine down. I actually put them in order of the year they came out, the furthest away. So this is the first one's going to be my oldest movie. It's just how I wrote it down, and once I put the dates on it, I was like, "Huh, I just kind of did that. Cool." <laughs> um, so my first movie came out in 1979. It has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was directed by Ridley Scott, and it is starring Sigourney Weaver. It is, of course, Alien, which is like the greatest horror movie of all time. No one can question that. It's just the best. It's super duper scary. Still is to this day. I still get very nervous. Um... I love Alien. It's a great movie. Um, Something that I found out while looking up for fun facts about it was the alien, the xenomorph, is only on screen for four minutes of the movie. And that blew my mind that how how little the actual like monster is even in the movie. And it's pretty much for the most part, it's just at the end. Um for people who don't know what alien is, you're crazy, but there's a spaceship flying through, gets a distress call, land on a planet, boom, you got a you got an alien on your face and things go downhill from there. That's all I'll have to say. If you haven't seen Alien, you should probably go do it cuz you'd be dumb not to. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic. It's a good movie. It's definitely uh spun off some sequels hasn't it it, certainly it has hasn't. spun off a couple sequels and yeah. then sequels that linked up with other movie sequels mm-hmm. alien vs predator is a great movie not a horror no movie, it's terrible great action movie ah stop it 
It's great. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you that Alien is is a fantastic horror film. And I think it's really important to define the horror genre because there's a lot of ambiguity around that. Now, um, the website No Film School, which puts out amazing podcasts and content, they define horror, um, the horror genre is or the horror genre of film and television whose purpose is to create feelings of fear dread, disgust, and terror in the audience. The primary goal is to develop an atmosphere that puts the audience on edge and scares them. So the the fact that the, the reason why Alien is so good is beside the fact that it feels so distant yet so relatable with the technology, the future te- technology they have, yet they're using dials and knobs much like Star Wars does, um, you know, where everything seems so analog. That that realism in it and the idea of the isolation and the idea that something is hunting you, but you have no idea has fared well for movies like Jaws. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I can't think of any other right now, but Jaws is the one that comes to mind the most. And and you don't need to show your creature that much. It's the the fear, the buildup for it that really can get you. And uh, that's the best part about Alien. It, it's it's a masterclass in cinema. It's it is a cinematic gem. It's unbelievable, and it, it will never be topped in the sense of sci-fi alien fi- films. Alien as the general term. But uh, it's not on my list. But I I do agree with you, Tom. That that is a fantastic number one. Yeah, that's a great uh, and, choice, man. Yeah, and Jaws is a good one because uh, another fun fact I read was when the screenwriter was pitching it, he pitched it as Jaws in space because it's essentially what it is. <laughs> Have you ever seen The Descent from 2005? Yes. So Mauricio Monaco, as I like to call him, he, him and I used to go see movies all the time, and we saw The Descent in theaters, and we were both pretty shook. We were like, whoa, that was scary. And that one is excellent. That one is almost a a beat for beat uh, kind of a reimagining of Alien. If you really kind of strip it down and look at it, uh, wonderfully done, fantastic movie. The sequel wasn't very good, but the first one is excellent, and it, it draws a lot of um, comparison to Alien and inspiration from Alien. So yeah, it's that's a great first choice, Tom. Starting us off strong. Oh yeah, Eric, what do you got? Don't bring us down. <laughs> well, I won't at all. Uh, <laughs> So I'll, I'll just say that the horror genre has never really been my go-to. That's just not something that I've really, <clears throat> I've seen a bunch of them. Just, it's not something I've really reached out for, but I've been trying to embrace it more, especially since I'm doing the haunt. And there's a lot of theory crafting into what frightens people and, and a lot of exploration. And Zach brings up a really good point with suspense and all that. That's like quintessential to a horror film. That's what it has to be there. Or you don't have a horror film. You've got something else. Well, my first one is a slasher flick. It's the first thing I think of as a slasher flick. Probably not the first one you think of. Mine is house for a thousand corpses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rob zombie film from 2003. Um, and I'm not generally one for, slasher flicks because it's too close to reality for my comfort i like a little bit of distance you know i don't like too much actual real life horror that actually real life happens in my movies just just my weird little thing not be you know yes it makes me queasy but there's lots of things that make me queasy and uncomfortable and creates that i'm saying artistically it's not my thing but um, House of a Thousand Corpses was also like a comedy and there's a lot of dialogue. It's great. And Captain Spaulding is one of the funniest freaking characters. I've the R.I.P. Sid Haig, one of the yeah. greatest characters ever. Um, so this movie was so kind of over the top, silly, bad. <laughs> like it, it basically got canceled after it was even made. They're just like, we, this is not releasable. The, the, what do you, no way. And then ultimately they did, uh, they changed their mind. Somebody changed their mind. Uh, and Rob it, Zombie bought the rights from the studio and then sold okay. it to another studio. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a big attraction at universal now that's based on, uh, uh, house of a thousand corpses. I remember he was on Rogan talking about it. And it's like, Oh, okay. I remember when you guys didn't want to make this movie and now, okay, fine, whatever. Okay. Um, anyway, so one of the things that has gotten, uh, I, I don't know if DVD menu scenes still exist cause I haven't bought an actual DVD in a long time, but house of a thousand corpses had one really cool with captain Spaulding on the front of it, uh, where he's like talking to the, you walk into his little shop and you're like, well, shit the 
Ben! Howdy, folks! Come on in! Well, I can see by those fancy britches and sassy hairdos that y'all ain't from around here. <laughs> it just goes on. It's just the hillbilly clown working a shop uh, that's a gas station slash chicken restaurant slash horror museum. Is Who thinks of that shit? That's so great. Uh, anyway, House for Thousand Courses is brutal, bloody, gory, sadistic, violence. It, if that it's if that's your thing, then I you, you got it. This is a movie you definitely got to see. Uh, it's got a cult following. It's uh, it's two follow up movies. Devil's Rejects uh, was you know okay. Uh, the one that just came out, Three from Hell, it was a movie. <laughs> what are you gonna do? It was a movie. <laughs> They're movies. Anyway, House of a Thousand Corpses is my go to slasher flick that I think of mainly because Captain Spaulding is fucking hysterical i love that guy so much mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that's my number one i'm not a huge fan of that movie but i do think that there definitely is a a like you said it's a cult classic there are a lot of people who gravitate towards that movie and that's totally fine it's just not my cup of tea i'm not a no. huge fan of that style nor am i really much of a fan of rob zombie i don't think he's actually that good of a director but um he can do it a lot better than i can and you know obviously there's a niche for that but yeah, I um, I'm not a huge fan of that movie. Okay, uh, just that's FYI, all I will say. <laughs> uh, uh, the Munsters movie on Netflix <laughs> mm -hmm. it looks t it looks terrible. Uh, it quite is terrible. It is. Oh, it was it was rough to get through. <laughs> the the best definition or the best uh, comments I, I heard on Reddit when that first when that trailer first popped up, it said, "When I clicked on this, I thought this was a, a low budget porno." And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, because if you look at the trailer again, watch it. It literally does look like a low budget porno. And I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. Well, well that's OK. I mean, you know, at least it's new content, sort of. So I'm going to start yeah. out with a bang for my number one um, horror, horror. I'll just start by saying this horror is actually like my favorite genre of all time. It's just the most diverse and you can push the most boundaries. It has the most subgenres. And I think it's important to uh, to understand that the difference between horror and thriller so it can be somewhat subjective however i believe that true horror projects um and according to no film school uh, your story should deal in the supernatural death evil powers creatures the afterlife witchcraft diabolical unexplainable things happening that must be at the story center so thrillers usually deal they're more focused on crime and naturally occurring evil. It doesn't mean films like Silence of the Lambs or Gone Girl can't be considered horror films because if it scares you, if it draws fear out of you, sure, you can classify it as a horror film. My friend Steve, who does a Horse Squad podcast, asked me if I considered Jurassic Park a horror film. And I went down a list and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. It has elements of what a horror film could be where it's absolutely terrifying. I remember as a kid, I watched it and the goat scene shook me. I was like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> a lot of blood, <laughs> a lot of scariness. So for my first one, uh, it is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's from 1980. Stanley Kubrick directed it. Uh, it is a litany. There are a litany of issues that went on behind the scenes. Kubrick has been known for his perfectionism, his torturing of she Shelley Duvall emotionally, uh, how many takes he would do. He was famous for doing 100 takes. Jack Nicholson's craziness during the filming. Uh, but I'm talking about The Shining from 1980. It is a cerebral psychological horror film to the umph degree. I watch it every year. I watch it sometimes multiple, multiple times every year. And every time I watch it, I find something new to focus on. It's incredible. It never, it never ceases to amaze me how I'll find and pick apart something new. And you could, they could teach a class on the theories that have uh, evolved from this. Stephen King famously hated the remake because it's, it's a stark contrast to his book, but what happened in a rare form is Mike Flanagan, who direct uh, he directed the um, Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Blythe Manor and some other things. He did the follow up that was the adaptation from Stephen King's follow up to The Shining called Dr. Sleep. Now, what Mike Flanagan did, which was perfect, is he married both the narrative story and the films together. So he, he he pulled from The Shining, the film version, and the actual book, and he blended together something that was wonderfully done in a very, very scary way. So if you ever have a chance to see Dr. Sleep with Ewan McGregor, it's awesome. It's so good. But The Shining really sets precedent for how a horror film should be incredibly cerebral, incredibly scary. And it's just one of those ones that if 
you just feel weird watching. And it, it, a lot of it is, is relying on how creepy Jack Nicholson can be. And he can be quite creepy. <laughs> you sure can. You got that look. He's got that smile. Um, this offsetting. It's almost clownish, which, you know, kind of set him up for a few, another world. But, you know. <laughs> you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? So. Yeah, what the hell is that supposed to mean? I don't know, but it's amazing. It's a great line. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible. Line. So The Shining is one that, yeah, I will watch until the cows come home. I sure. love that movie. <laughs> Tom, what's your number two? Oh, well, this is going to be an awkward transition because, as you know, I like bad movies. Um, so I'm just going to give you the description of this that I got from uh, Amazon. After five years of terror and 38 bodies in five states, serial killer Jack is on his way to execution. But a freak accident with a truckload of genetic materials in the middle of a snowstorm mutates Jack into a killer snowman. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) I am talking about... Jack Frost from 1997, which some of you might be confused out there because you're thinking Jack Frost. That was a Michael Keaton movie where he turns into a snowman that looks suspiciously like George Clooney, (laughs) which is a whole different story that we don't have to get into here. Um, But no, this is the other Jack Frost, which came out the year before that Jack Frost. So this is the real one. It is about a killer snowman. And it is the right amount of just a great idea and it's executed perfectly, which is terribly. (laughs) And I love everything about it. Uh, I've watched it at least five times. um, And I was going to watch it again before this and I didn't get around to it. So I'm watching it tonight. Don't worry. Um, It's just a good, bad horror movie and you need those around. Those are great. Um, it stars a young Shannon Elizabeth who has a great scene where she dies and that is she is taking a bath. And when she's taking this bath, all of a sudden it starts to become snow around her. And now she's encased inside of Jack Frost and she's being killed. It's a great scene. And everyone should watch Jack Frost. Watch the Michael Keaton one too. It's great. (laughs) No. Well, Tom, that movie that movie looks terrible. I I know, I know, I know exactly terrible. what you're talking it's about. So good. The box scared the shit out of me when I was younger because I didn't like that he it's a snowman with a mouthful of teeth, sharp razor sharp teeth. But yeah, jeez, Tom, what a no, weird. No, I I get it, <laughs> but I love that movie. <laughs> Fair enough. I won't, I, I won't say you're wrong for that one. Uh... It does have a six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, FYI. Yeah, we're not gonna, um, we're, gonna, we're not here to yuck your yum. It's whatever, as, as Zach would say. I am. I'm uh, gonna say you're wrong, Tom. You're not allowed to have an should, opinion. <laughs> you should say I'm wrong. I'm oh. the wrongest wrong person in Wrongville. <laughs> I actually like the Michael Keaton Jack Frost movie. It's fine. Yeah, he plays a harmonica. <laughs> I mean, but the, again, the snowman looks like George Clooney because George Clooney was attached to it first. They made the snowman and That's it cost right. so much money. They couldn't get a new one. So they were just like, eh, Michael Keaton looks close enough, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to quickly roll around right, right into my number two. Uh, for me, The Ring 2002. Because uh, while slasher grotesque, you know, is not really my thing. Uh, creepifying with suspension of reality is um magical realism it has a lot of elements of magical realism which is great it's fantastic it's a wonderful storytelling device where it feels super real because it's it has realistic elements to it that you recognize but there's still that you know it's sort of magic and paranormal and it doesn't connect with reality so there's that disconnect so you still kind of there's a little bit of a safe space for you and yet it still reaches in and messes with you man uh, I'm not going to sit here and say a whole lot about the ring, uh, except for that. It was a remake of a Japanese horror flick uh, that came up before. It might've even been better. I haven't seen it. I've just heard a lot of people who are, who really vibe on this genre who say the Japanese version is better. I don't know. I have to go see it myself. Um, but I will say that the movie itself, uh, the American made one is set in Seattle because it 
keep they wanted to keep that sort of wet and dark vibe that we very much understand. <laughs> uh, not right now because the weather's gorgeous, but give it a few weeks. It's going to be terrible. Uh, yeah. In the fall, winter, spring, uh, the weather is dark and gloomy and whatever. So they wanted to pull that with just perfect 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 vibes for scary movies so they wanted to set that here to sort of keep that sort of from the original the ring 2002 i liked it uh it freaked me out and yeah what do you guys think um so i i have realized that i don't like ghost like movies like horror movies okay that because i could watch a man murder people over and over again and not like be terrified like afterwards but when it's a ghost movie I am a little scaredy cat in the dark and I can't mm. handle it. I start hearing noises when it comes to like watching ghost movies. Like if I watch mm. or like the conjuring, like I can't handle it. Like, so I've stopped watching those. We I've have... watched the ring of course, okay. but I, I just, they give me the willies and I don't, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I, I could watch somebody murder someone, but a okay. uh, ghost is like, Ooh, I'm scary. <laughs> we have, we have found yet another rare occurrence for Tom and I are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Okay. <laughs> it's good to, good to note these Ugh. things as we go along. Well, I'm, I mean, I'll watch any horror film except for overly gory ones that are just gross that like make my stomach hurt. I, I don't like that shit, but the ring is, is a classic. I mean, it's hard to beat it. I, I'd say it's a lot more tame considered, but when it came out, yeah, it yeah. was, you know, we were talking about it in high school. You'd always yeah. say seven days and it was parodied yeah. until the cows came home. Um, <laughs> but the ring is, is great. There's it's nothing like, wrong with it, but Ringu like is, yeah, Ringu is the Japanese version that you should totally check out. That's pretty hardcore. Um, and, you know, I, I, so I think that there's what you've seen it. The Ringu? Yeah, a long time ago. Um, But just like the ring, I I don't know if I could tell you how much like much from the movie. I don't remember much from the ring other than, yeah, I know that she drove over Deception Pass and then like put her in a well or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's been so long since I've seen it, but I might watch it again this month. Just sort of. You you totally. It's like like you said, deception or uh, suspension or that sort of uh, uh, that sort of creepifying suspension of reality and that sort of. Uh, on edge uh, suspense is what I was getting at. That suspense seven days mm-hmm. that that's the trick. That's the key there. So anyway, it's, it's all about taste. So that the ring is my number two. What's your number two? Ooh, yay. My number two. Um, I'm going to jump to my ghost movie. So this is the only movie that has ever really scared the shit out of me. And it was because you couldn't see what was happening. And it's not even a ghost movie. It came out in 2007 and it had an amazing viral marketing campaign because this was the infancy of Twitter, right? So Twitter wasn't as big as it was now, 2007. But the the viral marketing campaign was, you know, it was only playing an X limited amount of theaters. So you had to call your theater to try to petition to get it there. And once they did, they did the whole filming of the audience while they're watching and you see everyone's reactions to the jump scares. And when I went to go see it in theaters, they had a screaming contest before. So the guy came down who worked in a theater and he's like, all right, we're going to have a screaming contest. Like who wants to try to scream the loudest? There were like 20 people in my theater. So some some little boy won. Um, but he he screamed the loudest. And anyways, we we're super set and I was like super excited. So I'm talking about Paranormal Activity. That movie mm. came out in 2007 with a budget of $15,000 is what it was made for. And it was directed by Oren Pelly. It's his feature debut. Um, that movie is a bare bones skeleton crew style film, but it is so utterly terrifying because of the demonic possession. Ghosts don't scare me that much. There's times that they do, but demons are the things that get me because that supernatural is something where you can't see it and you can't do anything to fight it off. Chucky, if Chucky came at me, I'm kicking that thing as hard as I can. If, if Jason came after me, I would run as fast as I possibly can and not be an idiot. Um, but a demon, there's nothing you can do. And so, that movie with the camera techniques and everything they did for certain parts. There are three parts that I won't go into too much in, in, in the movie because I don't want to spoil if anybody wants to watch it. There are three parts in that movie that that get me every single time. And it, it like gives me goosebumps thinking about it. I couldn't fall asleep for a good 30 minutes after I saw it, but that was about it. It didn't it didn't like ruin my night or anything. And it was mostly because you could hear the bumps at night. And that was the, the creepy part. Ugh, those bumps. I hate those bumps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it is streaming on, on Paramount Plus if anybody wants to watch it. Uh, I if I 
if I could recommend to watch it, which I highly do, I would say watch it with the lights off and turn the sound way up. You have to hmm. pay attention to it. So or love just that movie. Buy Paranormal Activity and don't bother giving money to Paranormal uh, Paramount Plus. But you know, <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I, I have it. I'm borrowing yeah. my friend's account, so okay. I, I get it Fair for free. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah pirate no, in it. It's okay. Great addition. Uh, I'm I'm noticing so far a lot of trending trends of movies of when we were in high school or around that time frame, young twenties or late teens. That's that's definitely the scary movie time frame of your life uh so that's that's just one thing I'm, i've noticed so far that, that makes a lot of sense yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, okay great i guess Tom. move on to mine um so mine is uh right in that area also in 2006 it has a 76 percent on rotten tomatoes and that is behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon which is a horror movie documentary well mockumentary i guess it would be kind of or yeah but it's it's about a serial killer who's the next up and coming you know jason or freddy um and he has a documentary crew following him to see how he like goes about his whole murdering people thing which sounds like a weird premise but it's a great movie um it it has some twists and turns and you you kind of see like his his mentors and stuff like that and just kind of like what he has to go through to you know get the right situation to get the right kill and it's just it's a very interesting watch it's very meta where you're you're following that serial killer and and it has a an ending that you I didn't expect when I watched it that I won't ruin cuz a lot of people I don't think have seen it. I found it on Netflix long, long ago, back when Netflix was still this like sending out DVDs. It was on there. Uh, but what are, yeah, what are DVDs, Tom? Oh, don't get me started. Back in my day, we used to th- throw some little mirrored devices into a player, and it would just make magic happen. I hear those are for old people. Yeah, I haven't seen the rise of Leslie Vernon, Vernon, but um, I have heard how meta it is. And I think that that's brilliant. Uh, I, I like the idea. I just have never gotten around to it. And I liked his mask, too. I thought it was really clever. Yes. Uh, and they tried for years to get a, a a sequel to go. I think they ended up making a comic book sequel because they, they couldn't get enough for a movie, but they they raised enough to make a comic book out of it. So Ooh. I need to go and read that, you know, go find it somewhere. I dig it. Very cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eric, what's your uh, third one? Well, speaking of documentary style, I got to go there. Blair Witch Project 1999. Blair Witch Project. To this day, my dad is convinced that those kids are witch food, as he would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, despite the overwhelming evidence that, yes, in fact, <laughs> it is just a movie and the actors are very much alive and well uh the guys started making it back in 93 it came out in 99 started making it in 93 when they were playing around with uh, the idea of making a film and they realized that they found that documentaries on paranormal freaky shit was way scarier to them than the hollywood stuff right so Mm -hmm. they they got into that documentary style um they shot the bulk of the movie on a camcorder uh, the screenplay was only 35 pages long. That's teeny tiny. They did that on purpose. They wanted to keep the dialogue improvisational. Uh, the actors took on the challenge. They they rolled with it and they crushed it. Uh, and the, the combination of the actors crushing that improv and hitting those keys and hitting it the way they did with the camera work, with the camcorder, created this ultra realistic magical realism even when we knew it was it, it there was it couldn't be real boy it sure looked real it looked real and it uh, it took over man it was i don't know how a movie like that got so damn big but it just caught the world on fire it took over the world for a minute there so uh blair witch project 1999 that's my number three yeah, that movie is is timeless it's you know i i haven't seen it in quite some years 
it never really scared me, um, but I really appreciated what it did because it was something new, which is why mm-hmm. I love horror is you can constantly push the envelope and it was definitely something new. And then we started seeing all these found footage films. Think of all those ones that we have. Um, oh, yeah. They have quarantine, right? There's a uh, parent or not paranormal. Um, uh, the Cloverfield movie. There's a whole bunch right. of found footage films. I mean, even even paranormal activity, paranormal, paranormal activity would not exist if it weren't for the Blair Witch Project. I mean, plain right. and simple. And I remember my older sister seeing the Blair Witch in, project in theaters and people would have to leave the theater, not because it's scary, but it's because of motion sickness, because the camera's jostling everywhere. And sure. that alone is pretty awesome and pretty visceral. And when you can create a visceral reaction like that with a film, that's chef's kiss right there. Mm-hmm. That's a really good choice. That one has been can... that one has been uh, parodied and and borrowed and it will sure. always be borrowed. So when you um, when you change the game, you you go to the Hall of Fame. That's absolutely. how it works. Yeah, it's too bad the second one sucked and then the reboot sucked, but it, it's OK. The first one happens. is, is yeah. a gold standard for how you'd have to do the, the found footage films. I dig it. Great choice. So for my number three, we're going to go to Meta again with Tom because he got me on that train. This movie was made in 1996 and is one of the best horror films of all time. Hands down, period. Don't even don't even at me, bro. Um, Directed by Wes Craven, stars Nev Campbell, Drew Barrymore, Matthew Lillard, um, Skeet Ulrich. You know what I'm talking about? Scream from 1996, not the 2022 one, the original Scream. Um, It is so goddamn good and is so smart smarter than it ever needs to be uh that you demands repeat viewings i watch it every single year i watch all five of them every single year and they're great right um the fact that it's it completely subverts your expectations of what happens in a horror film and the characters are so aware of what they're doing. And, and Randy, for example, is us as an, an audience member who's saying, Oh, watch out behind you. Or, Oh, I'm, you can never say I'll be right back. You can never have sex. All the things that Tom was saying at the start scream does that to such an amazing, uh, level and a presence and i absolutely love it i i don't think it'll ever be topped in 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 that setting it also came out at a time when we needed something fresh the horror genre was kind of dying the slasher genre was kind of dying and we got Ghostface. excuse me one of the most iconic slashers of all time yeah and you know, all these characters who are saying, hey, I'm not going to do this. We're not going to do this. They end up doing every single thing that they say they're not going to do. Nev Campbell says, oh, it's just some damsel in distress with big boobs who's running around or whatever. She does that same shit later on in the movie <laughs> or it, it's just it's so brilliant. And Kevin Williamson, who wrote it, is just, uh, again, lack of a better term, chef's kiss. I highly, highly recommend it for anybody for some crazy reason. If you haven't seen Scream, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but it is available on Paramount Plus as well streaming. Goddamn Paramount Plus. Uh, <laughs> I know. They are kind of crappy, okay. but it's okay. Did, 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 did they sponsor this podcast and you just haven't bothered to tell us and they're keeping I, all of I freaking wish. I'd be like, why are you so terrible? Why are you, you the know, way that you are? If they're if they're open to doing it, I'm not saying no. Anyway, moving on. That was pretty good. That's pretty good. Let's, uh, I think we're going into our what? Number four now? Is that it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Rock and roll. Um, Rock and roll. I guess that would be me, and I am going to go with a horror comedy. And that movie is Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Which is kind of... So it's a different movie from which point of view you're coming from. Tucker and Dale are just going out to fix a cabin that... uh, I believe it was Tucker who bought it. They're just going out for a nice weekend... There's just two country boys. They're going to fix this cabin. And then all of a sudden, these high school age kids or college kids come out and they start killing themselves out in the woods. What's going on? They don't know what to do. Now, if we jump over to the college kids side, they run into these crazy hillbillies at a store. And then those hillbillies capture one of their friends and takes her captive and they have to take down these hillbillies and then hijinks just happen between the two of them because both think each other are crazy and doing crazy things and it's it's just a beautiful movie with uh, it and it goes somewhere where you don't even think it's gonna go there and 
I just I just want to watch it again now. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it st- stars uh, Alan Tudyk, as we all know him from yeah. Firefly or everything all else. those other things he's been in. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's actually one of my favorite movies from the past, you know, what, 12 years ago? It was 2010. It's mm. one of my favorite movies of the past, like, 12 years. It's so good. I have not seen that one. I have no comment on it. You need to see it. I mean, you keep saying that. And I really there, 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 there's a scene where he's chainsawing into a Feels log. Like by. And he hits a bee's nest. And then, so he's running away from the bees with a chainsaw. And then, like, the college kid is running away, too. And all he sees is a guy running with a chainsaw, a la Leatherface. Sure. Like, and it's just, it's just perfection. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. I have not seen it, but I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I think that's that's awesome. It's you know, if you like it, you like it. Then we, we could never tell, you no. but that's just I think it's it's funny. Um, I've never seen it, though, so I have no comment either. I apologize. Tom. God damn both of you. I know we're, we're pretty yeah. terrible people. Fine, well, Eric. What's your fourth one? I'm going to say I've never seen it. Uh, you have. Yeah, I know. Sup- I have. Come on. You have super seen the Evil Dead from 1981. Oh yeah, I've seen you absolutely. Of course, you have. We all have. Now, I almost, I almost didn't include this one because I was thinking more of the sequels because those are the ones that stay in my mind. Um, but they're just they're more comedy and fantasy adventure than they are horror. <laughs> they're just so over the top ridiculous. But the first one, the one that came out in 81 was a tried and true effort at horror. And it was relatively low budget, 375,000. I didn't 15,000 is my new, that's, that's low budget. <laughs> like Blair, Witch was like 300 anywhere. But like, I think it was like somewhere between 300 and 500,000, somewhere in there. Um, which is more than I expected, but production and all that, uh, evil dead, Still 375,000. That's fairly low budget. Uh, it was shot with a mostly inexperienced crew and uh, who made like a bunch of mistakes, like a comedy errors, they called it. Um, this was Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell at like the beginning, way early on, way at the beginning. And little known fact, they had a little bit of help from some guest star collaborator directors, a very young, inexperienced Joel and Ethan Cohen, <laughs> who helped direct that movie. Um, Pretty awesome. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Turns out to be an all-star cast of directors. <laughs> Go figure. Um, the film was a box office success, but it really it, it took off as a cult classic with the release of the preposterous sequels. It's just Ash has some of the greatest lines. Uh, it, I'm not even going to bother repeating them. You guys know them. Go ahead and repeat them for me. Um, Hail the king, evil- baby. <laughs> Give me some sugar, mom. Uh, there was some great... <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was just a great a great for the evil dead was a good really good horror flick and the series uh is a cult classic that has to be seen to believe so evil dead is my number four love it yeah uh, evil dead is fantastic yeah. have you seen the remake at all no i just i couldn't i couldn't you- do it so you really should. So the reason I'll say that is because Evil Dead is fantastic, uh, and, and you know it's it it definitely warrants being on a top five list. Um, mm-hmm. The remake, uh, Fetty Alvarez does does the remake, and it's excellent. Um, really, he he changes things up, he subverts things in a in a certain way, and it, you can tell it's not just a cash cow. He has some things that he wants to do to enhance the original film because he has more of a budget now that this very low budget film has become something I'm, so big I'm gratified to hear that but so many remakes are exactly what you just said a cash grab a shitty nonsense cash grab that just butchers the original source material and i i just anytime there's remakes i typically steer away from it until somebody like you who's a voice that i trust comes along and says no really honestly you got to try it but dude how many remakes have you gone out of your way to see that you've seen that are just like wow this this was terrible this should not have been made so here's the thing about horror films, because I agree with you there. So remakes are one of my least favorite things in, in cinema, but horror films are ripe for remakes because you can always enhance the scares with budget. Jump scares are cheap and people use them, but they should be a tool, not a crutch. So 
when a movie is remade, if a horror movie is remade and it's just jump scares, then it's pointless. But if it's sure. remade and they present things in a different style or different fashion, but also just enhance the lighting, uh, the makeup, the visual right. effects in, in, in general uh, will, will, can look better. And I look at movies like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake. So the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is great. It's disgusting. It gives right. me a stomach ache because it's just so gross. And the remake is terrifying and they did such a good job with it. They, they changed the palette around and made the uh, leather face more menacing. It's they did a fantastic job with it. You're going to find purists, of course, who will say, oh, you know, this one's the best. It'll never be beaten. And that may very well be. There you go. Sure. But ba- but basically with horror, you, you have the most um, acceptability and most capability to remake these films. So I highly recommend checking out the Evil Dead remake because it's a lot of fun. It's uh, really good, and they did some awesome stuff with it. Fair enough. Hell yeah. So uh, for my fourth one, I am going to uh, a film series that has about one, two, three, four, five, nine, 10, 11, 12, 12 actual films in them. And the original is actually not my favorite. I would say the fourth one is my favorite of all time, but the original one came out in 1980 and it was directed by Sean S. Cunningham, who remained on as producer for quite a while. This is one of the most iconic slashers of all time. And you guys might be able to guess just by my description or if I go. No, I'm talking about Bears. There you go. (laughs) Friday the 13th. So Friday the 13th is is amazing, and not many people know this, but uh, if you haven't seen these, the original one does not have Jason in it until the very end. Uh, the second film has Jason, but he wears a burlap sack with one eye hole on it the entire time, and he wears overalls like a farmer. The third one is where he dons his iconic hockey mask, and from there, it just gets crazier and crazier. The kill count goes up, but the films remain true to what they are and just utter campiness you can't think of the 80s without thinking of friday the 13th you have one two three four five six seven eight eight of the movies came out in the 80s that's um unreal they just keep pumping them out kind of like the saw franchise and everyone knows that the best one is jason takes manhattan that's wrong it's actually the worst one but um jason it's it's jason x just jason goes to hell is pretty terrible too jason's barely in it but but what i mean is um you know these these movies have lasting power uh i put them on as like sometimes comfort in in the background that sounds really weird but i I put them on as comfort uh during the month of october and i'll let them play because i just i own all of them and I freaking love them, man. I, I love the beats. There's a lot of, uh, you know, actors that are, are, are more popular now that you see and you're like, oh, yeah, Kevin Bacon. I forgot he was in the first one. So it's <laughs> um, it's fascinating. Friday the 13th. I just put the the franchise as a whole in there. Perfect, because Jason X is the best one. He, he's in space where Tony which... Todd fights him. <laughs> yeah, which space is always better. Everyone knows that. Freddy versus Jason was amazing. Freddy vs. Jason is awesome. Yeah. It's one of my I one of my guilty pleasures. I love that movie so much. <laughs> I, I watched that one a shit ton. I fucking love the concept of it. Yes. Let monster let, let bad guy versus the bad guy story. So good. It is the biggest it's nerd so nerd boner you could get by watching. Oh yeah. It. And 100%. when when Freddy comes out, uh, spoiler, when Freddy comes out into the real, real world and he like has that look on his face and he sees Jason, he's like, oh shit. And the music just goes, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. it's like, dun, dun. it's all heavy metal. I'm like, oh my God, that's <laughs> so good. <laughs> Outstanding. So, yeah. Anyways, Thomas, finish us out with yours. All right. My last one is an anthology movie. Um, it, it was from 2012 and has 56% on Rotten Tomatoes and it is VHS. And the plot for VHS is there's some guys who are going to, they need to go and go to a house and find a VHS tape. Like they've been hired by some guy to go do it and they arrive at the house and there's a dead guy in the living room, just like sitting in the chair dead. And there's a bunch of VHS tapes all around. And so they're kind of looking through the house and one of the guys is watching. He puts in a VHS tape and with each one, you're seeing a different horror story. And and then it will cut back to him and then there'll be some creepy stuff that happens. Another one back to him. Oh, the dead guy's missing. What's going on here? And it's it, I think anthology movies are my favorite horror movies just because I like seeing a bunch of different stories 
in my time. Sometimes it's a little boring to watch another slasher do another thing. I want, you know, five different stories in one. I get a big thumbs up from that. And there's lots of good anthologies out there. Uh, Well, VHS has like, I think the fifth one of VHS, uh, their sequels is coming out in like a month or during this month sometime, I think. I think it's called VHS 99. Is that um, absolutely essentially you see it all the way from the beginning, all of them? No, in order to no. Each one is its own contained story. Like you don't. So have they're, pop, to... they're popcorn horror flicks. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's They don't. I, at least I don't think. Maybe I have to watch them all again. See if they actually. There's got to be some thin thread way. to keep carry them all together. But yeah. Uh. But yeah, VHS is is my pick. For all my right. Last yeah. one. Well, there's VHS, VHS two, VHS viral, and VHS ninety four. And so for anybody who's interested, VHS, the original is available on Hulu, Canopy, Redbox uh, and Plex for free. So if you have any of those, check it out. I've never seen it before, so I might have to have to watch it. But you, Tom, you're not the first person that I've heard that said it was good. Um, So I might have to to check it out. And Shudder, if anybody uses Shudder, that's a great horror streaming service. VHS 94 is available on that. So there you go, Tom. No sending in for DVDs anymore. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, my number five finishing up for me. Clowns are scary, guys. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. I'm going with it from 2017. Nice. It. Uh, that was a good movie. Uh, it is a uh, it's taking up the mantle from the uh, I think it was 1991 was the miniseries is when it came out. Um, that was it's just I, also impossible to go wrong. Uh, with that, and which was, of course, an adaptation of the 1986 Stephen King novel. Um, it is the quintessential scary clown flick. Clowns freak people out. It's the makeup. It's just jarring. It's the, 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 the foolish antics of them. Even those who aren't trying to be scary are a little bit freaky, frankly. Um, they, there's just something inhuman about them. And that's exactly the point of the makeup. So, um, the movie itself, it's sort of a, it's, it, it's a, it's got that realistic, it's got that magical realism again, like I told you about, but it's got a loss. It's a loss of innocent story. That's also a coming of age story of these kids that get together. And so there, there's all kinds of, well, in that way, I guess you could say it's a lot like stranger things, right? Uh, these kids get thrown together in haphazard uh, circumstances in a spooky, scary situation that, they have to come together to survive it uh, gets this freaky paranormal clown f- thing um, that's causing people to go missing all over town. Just go watch it. And then it part two was a great follow-up great movie where the kids are now adults. It's so, so cool. It's such a cool way that they did that. Um, so it's from 2017. If you have not seen it again, remakes are not usually my thing, but Everybody told me, no, no, seriously, this was a really, really well done thing. So and I watched it and it was great. It is available on Netflix and HBO Max if you if you want to stream it. But I agree with everything Eric said. The remake for this was neat, was necessary because the mini miniseries is like six hours long. Tim Curry is incredible as Pennywise yeah. in the original. But Bill Skarsgård does a fantastic job in this one. And when I first saw the trailer for it, uh, they basically show the scene when Georgie tries to get his boat from under the, the drain, the mm-hmm. iconic scene. Um, I didn't like it. I was like, Oh my God, not in, not in a, I think this is going to be bad. I was like, Oh, I don't feel good. This is creepy. And yeah. that's how I knew I was sold. So that's when I knew it was, it was it. <laughs> he did. Uh, <laughs> he, he mentioned that he did borrow some inspiration from Heath Ledger's Joker. I can um, see that a little bit of that. He definitely spiced that in there a little bit. Uh, oh, and that's that. good. Yeah. So. It's a great one. I I 100% agree with you. And I think everything you're saying is the reason why the Stranger Things, Stranger Things has been so popular because it takes us to a time when we grew up with our friends and we would do stupid shit like play D&D and run around in the woods and, you know, we'd be there for each other. And as a kid, you know, your your parents don't believe you. So so Mike and and Mike and the boys are running around everywhere and no one really believes them or they have to kind of hide it from the parents because their parents, they don't understand. Right. That's kind of that's kind of how it is. You know, it's the adventures with our friends. I'm trying to defeat something. In this case, it is a 1980s nostalgia, you know, an 80s, 70s nostalgia flit era. So, yeah, people love nostalgia. You got it. 
So that's my number five. Perfect. Great choice. Speaking of uh, nostalgia, for me, this is a movie that I hold near and dear to my heart because it is one of my favorite movies of all time, horror or anything. Uh, And I go back and forth between The Shining and this one, putting it as one of my favorite horror films of all time. But basically, it came out in 1982 and it was directed by John Carpenter, who did films like Halloween, Escape from New York, They Live. Everyone knows John Carpenter, master of horror, right? Uh, this movie's no exception. It is called The Thing. It stars Kurt Russell um, and it has Keith David in it and a whole bunch of other who's who's you'd, you'd recognize. You'd be like, oh, I know that guy from something. But basically, it is an alien sci-fi horror flick about a shape-shifting being. And that's all I really want to say because it draws every inspiration you can from some sort of isolated pandemic-level paranoia. Uh, these These... Americans on a Antarctic research facility are um, invaded by this alien creature who is is taking over people's bodies and assimilating themselves to look exactly like them. So then it becomes this issue of who can I trust and who is infected and who's not. And so that's where the real terror comes from is I don't know if I can trust that Tom is Tom. Um, how the hell do I do that? Is he going to kill me in the middle of the night? And that paranoia, that that almost um, cabin fever that they get being in isolation is so brilliantly done. Not to mention the practical effects are some of the greatest practical effects of all time that will always hold up. Rob Bottin did the practical effects for this movie, and he is a Cronenberg crony. He basically put himself in the hospital because he worked so many hours creating these effects and just they speak for themselves. So... The Thing 1982 is one of my favorites of all time. Um, I, I watch that movie multiple times a year, not just in not just in October, but I watch that movie multiple times a year. I actually saw it in theaters recently for the 40th anniversary, and that was really cool to be surrounded by other The Thing fans. It is available on Peacock Premium, not Paramount Ooh. Plus, Peacock Premium, if you guys want. Or I have it like in three different copies, so... <laughs> Oh, how how does Kurt Russell's hair still look just as good from that movie to now? That's he's what I know. he's pretty great. Kurt Russell is is oh. pretty awesome, and he does such a great job in that movie. So I really enjoyed it. But cool. So that's what I have. I love horror films, guys. Uh, I watch a horror film every day in October, and uh, nice. I'll, I have a bunch slated for my podcast, the Don't Be Crazy Movie Podcast. And um, so it'll be a lot of fun, you know. And um, can't wait see to what hear happens. It. Yeah, right. me, me neither. I can't yeah. wait either. Let's see. Well, I will do a little rundown here. Um, Thomas, me, had Alien, Jack Frost, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, and VHS. Eric had House of a Thousand Corpses, The Ring, The Blair Witch Project, Evil Dead, and It. Zach had The Shining, Paranormal Activity, Scream, Friday the 13th, and The Thing. Before we go, though, Tom, I do want to say um, with these lists, these are our our personal preferences. Sure. Uh, This does not mean we're trying to make an AFI definitive, you know, best horror films of all time, because obviously this is a highly subjective category. Films like Psycho, Halloween, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, you know, Land of the Dead, all those movies. Shaun of the Dead. (laughs) Exactly. Shaun of the Dead. (laughs) All those movies have merit and and you are not wrong if you think that is in there i absolutely love psycho it is still scary everything it did in film if i was alive in the in the 60s and got to see psycho i would have been terrified but these are our lists so we'll leave it at that yeah you know what there was so many it's there's it's such a it speaks to the genre that we had no crossovers we had no yeah. crossovers on our lists none exactly which yeah it's already pretty good <laughs> all right get us out of here bud Alrighty, thank you for tuning in to the Top 5 Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Podcast Top 5, at ZachDale60, at Tom Top 5, and at SnackBarker, where you can give us ideas, tell us if we're crazy, or even suggest a topic for a future episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, we know you must have, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Thank all of you, and remember, it's okay to be wrong and scared, even though you think you're right and brave. This is Ripley, last survivor of Nostromo, signing off. (laughs) All right. Happy spooky season! Bye! Bye!